Hi, this is Kate. And I'm Amy. And welcome to the Hush My Mouth podcast. Welcome to the podcast. So this week has been a little crazy for me, but I'm going to see what you've been up to, Amy, before I talk about mine. (laughs) I'm still in recovery. I got back from my business trip um, Tuesday night. You know, it's kind of typical anytime you take yourself out of your normal schedule. Um, so imagine, you know, your 3,000 computer geeks walking around uh, <laughs> a conference center when we're used to be sitting at a desk all day. Uh, so there were lots of places in my body that hurt. Oh. And it was funny because I felt pretty good while I was there. But then as soon as I got home, the adrenaline wore off. And right. Then, <laughs> and then it felt like I got hit by a car. Yeah. I was like, ah. So yeah, it was long days, really good conference. Um, we had a great party, which um, we had lots of great food and music and DJ and live band and open bars and open bars. <laughs> Sounds like wild time. <laughs> yeah. So um, so it was fun, but then it was trying to get back into taking a day off to recuperate, and then um, <laughs> that should be built in. I, I think it That's- was because my conference is weird. Like I left on a Saturday. And, and then the conference started on a Sunday. So oh, there, okay. there was some flex time in, in the week. But it yeah, I just, you know, and then you don't sleep the same when you're not in your own bed. Yeah. I'm so old. Um, but yeah, it was a great conference. Um, Denver was lovely. It's very dry. I had never been. Okay. Um, I immediately cracked the moment <laughs> I walked out of the airport. It just felt like I had constant cotton mouth. I was mm. just like, blah, blah, you know, it didn't bring enough moisturizer. I didn't realize that. I had no idea either. Area. They had, they had, uh, suggested strongly we drink lots of water while we were there to avoid altitude sickness mm-hmm. and uh, headaches, I guess, which I was fine. Um, but it was just, yeah, I was constantly thirsty wow. <clears throat> all the time. And then, then ironically, I landed at Love Field and walked outside and it was like a sauna right. because it just <laughs> rained and it was hot. Um, so yeah, it was two different, uh, experiences, but, um, but it was a good week. Good. Well, my week for more than a year, I've been looking forward to this podcast festival that I bought tickets for. Um, and it happened this, this past weekend in Dallas. So I spent quite a bit of time there and let me tell you, there was drama. Oh, like I've never experienced. Wow. (laughs) Um, between the, not the attendees, but the people that were running the festival and some of their guests. Um, so this, this is a network of podcasts, but they include many podcast hosts that don't, that are not part of their network, that are just guests that come and do different panels. And um, the whole idea is it's an opportunity for the listeners to come and meet the hosts that they listen to on different podcasts. And they sometimes do like live tapings of episodes, but they also do live shows and they do lots and lots of different panels about all kinds of things. Like I went to some a really interesting one on genetic genealogy, oh, cool. which is like my jam. I was so excited <laughs> to go and learn more about that. Um, but anyway, the weekend really devolved quickly on Saturday when there was an incident <gasps> between two of the podcast hosts and, um, you know, Dirty John. Yes. So the daughter in Dirty John that ends up actually killing him right. was there. She has a podcast. She went off the rails a little bit, more okay. than a little bit, and um, kind of verbally accosted one of the other podcast hosts 
And it just went downhill from there. So um, I won't get into all the specifics. If you want to know more about it, I suggest listening to Rabia and Ellen solve the case. Their most recent episode of About Damn Crime, which is their <laughs> kind it. of like kind of what's going on this week in true crime um, podcast that they do, in addition to their regular podcast, really gets into the whole the whole drama that took place. Wow. And anyway, it was really. Honestly, sad. I learned things about people that I didn't even know were happening. I tend to be kind of oblivious to stuff because I don't do a lot of digging online about anything. So I see things at face value. And that's my mistake, apparently, (laughs) because I wasn't aware of what I think a lot of other people were going into it about some pre-existing animosities. So I didn't anticipate things that maybe I probably actually could have anticipated. But it was disappointing as an attendee because it just didn't have the vibe that I was hoping it would. And um, anyway, I left feeling like like the rose-colored glasses are off about some things and really appreciating some of the other people that I already really enjoyed, but just kind of understanding some tough situations that they've been in for a while and how it's, you know, impacted them and their, you know, careers and yeah. podcasting. So Yeah, sad that it had to play out that way when so many people probably were coming to yeah. you know, look for a positive experience. And, and the stuff. kind of a getaway. Like a lot of people came from far and wide. I mean, there were people there that came from other countries. And oh, wow. I'm like, for me, this was like a local event. Thankfully, I didn't have to spend that much money except for on a ticket. I didn't even stay in a hotel downtown. I just drove down to the parts that I could go to. But for some people, it was a real, you know, like financial investment. So anyway, it was high drama and I'm glad it's over. Ooh, (laughs) well, got to put that on my to-do list. I got to go listen now. (laughs) So to talk about where they are now, there have been a lot of changes. We already talked a little bit about how COVID really kind of exposed a lot of the cracks in the family. And, you know, ultimately, there were sort of two camps for COVID, right? Right. So Robin and Mary and Cody. Yep. And I feel like Mary was kind of only involved in that because she wasn't really invited to the other camp. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think anyone cared what Mary's thoughts were on the idea. I don't think she really had strong opinions about it. My feeling is she probably would have been a little less conservative about it. Had she felt more comfortable with Janelle and Christine? Yes. Janelle and Christine were the other camp. And I think by virtue of just their lifestyles in terms of they both have adult kids who live in other states. Correct. And grandchildren who live in other states. And they have adult kids that were still living at home that were working outside the home. Right. So, So, yeah, when we say adult kids, I think most of us would agree like 18 is like technically an adult, but not, you know, like out of of high school. Most of us. Yeah. Most people that have kids at that age you know, would, would agree they're probably still living at home. You know, yeah. it's not unusual. I guess the not point like a 35 I'm, year old. Right. But the point I'm making is that like Janelle's kids and I'm thinking about like Garrison and Gabe. Yeah. Hunter to a degree, although I think he mostly was gone. By yeah. This he's point. the military kid. I yeah. think. Right. So um, yeah. But you know, they were out of high school or at least maybe Gabe had one year left. I don't really remember, but anyway, working wasn't like, they couldn't just stop working. Right. Once we know? got once we all got past that initial like shutdown. Right. You know, when things like 
things were coming back up, but they weren't, you know, granted it wasn't right away. It was different. You know, mm-hmm. there definitely, you know, um, not everybody was going into, you know, a workplace, you know, um, but they certainly were. I don't right. know what they did, but I, it was something in the public service type right. where they had to go into work. Yeah. It wasn't So Cody choice. had major issues with that because his whole thing was, I need to protect the entire family from this. And, you know, it really should only be me like going from house to house and people, he wanted people to be, you know, extremely conservative, almost like, you know, what the original like March to May of yeah. 2020, like you don't see anybody were in terms of isolation and, you know, like wiping down your groceries and yeah. all that crazy stuff. And, you know, that had its place But it feels like he never evolved in his coping or his comfort level with, you know, figuring out how to exist during this crisis. It was like he wanted everyone to stay in that kind of lockdown mentality when in reality that just couldn't last forever for any of us. It's like he took this this idea he had of, well, I have a responsibility to everyone in the family, which I would agree. Yeah. Like he said, look, if I come to your place and you and I get COVID, I could be exposing, you know, going back Three to another other household. Right? right. And I get that. Um, I mean, because, you know, you and I had no misconceptions about covid right when it happened so we were you know definitely you know on the hey what are we supposed to be doing mm-hmm. what does cdc want us to do right you know let's wear a mask when we're supposed to that kind of thing and so but it's like he took that to this extreme and as you mentioned never evolved and so what i've been trying to reconcile in my mind is is that is it that he doesn't understand like how COVID works and really wasn't looking and, and, you know, as we were kind of like taking in information, Mm -hmm. I mean, and and again, it's one of those things where like you're learning about it as it goes. Right. And that includes experts, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, The more we know, and then, you know, what can we do? Or is it in his mind, was it an excuse? Mm -hmm. Oh, um, I don't have to come over there because you're doing this and I'm comfortable because I mean, he's mentioned it over the years and I, I do kind of get it which is it must be difficult not feeling like you have a home base right he lives a couple days at a time at each house Mm -hmm. and you know oh i've got stuff over here and right i mean i can't imagine that would be easy no in fact i remember when they were talking about he really tried to push the idea when they moved to flagstaff so they moved to flagstaff and they bought this huge property coyote pass it's like acres and acres and acres yeah and they were going to split it up into different parcels of land and build homes but cody's idea really was to build one big house that they could all live in so each house each wife would kind of have her own like wing right right um and he said at the time and i think he even put together like a blueprint oh yeah talked to an architect and everything that there was gonna he was gonna have his own place in the house too yeah and all the wives kind of balked at that and but you know i could kind of understand where he was coming from because You know, I, I definitely am a person who needs my me time, Same, but it would be really hard to not have that feeling like each wife has her own home. She's got her own spot and Cody really is just bouncing from place to place. Now, 
that's his choice, right? Yeah, that, this, yep. this was his choice of how yeah. he wanted to live his life, but I get it. Yeah, yeah. Just to have like one place that you can have, or I actually understood the whole idea of maybe, um, because as we've, as we've seen, it can't be inexpensive to get a house that fits you and the number of kids you have at home. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's doing that times four. Right. As opposed to, it would be nice. Like I don't you don't need a huge kitchen if you only have one kid at home. Right. But then if you invite people over like the rest of the family, you've got nowhere to set them. Right. You know? So the idea that maybe they built something central mm-hmm. that was a, Hey, this is our, this is where we're all going to get together when we have family functions. Right. You know? And then, you know, even like, so that could be Cody's, I guess. And I think know. that was kind of the way he yeah. presented it. I'll have a big living room. I'll have a big kitchen. Yeah. And then I'll have like a little, you know, you den, know den or something. Yeah, <laughs> a closet all to myself, you know. So, or, but anyway, I didn't mean to throw you off. You were talking about him and his view on COVID and kind of right. having to go from place but to place. But you're right. Just to have that that land um, for them to, you know, to live. And of course, you know, just like anything, it's like, well, we have to pay off the land before we can start houses. And then, right. of course, everything started to, to fall, fall apart. apart. Um, but yeah, I think him being at Robin's house. Now, Robin has this huge palatial yes. house. I mean, I don't know if it's just the camera angle that they're using, but that place looks enormous. I know. Um, and then they ended up purchasing that house, right. um, which again, I mean, I would have words. The way it was portrayed, Robin was very against that. She did not want to buy that house. Yeah. Now, was that really the conversations that were going on behind the scenes? Who knows? Right. But she has always, she was making it very clear. I don't want to be committed to this house because I want to build a house on the property. Like yeah. we, I want us to get out on the property altogether as soon as possible. Yeah. But Cody insisted right. that they buy that house instead yeah. of finding another house to rent or whatever the other alternatives were. Yeah. So. I think rentals in fairness, rentals were very difficult at that yeah. time. And, and it seemed like it. And in Flagstaff, they just didn't have a lot. And she does have five kids. I think though, it's tough as a family when you say, okay, well, yeah, I want to build out on here, but I'm going to take, eight hundred thousand dollars and right buy a house and then wonder why you don't have any money yeah um but anyways i digress uh <laughs> but uh yeah i think i could see though where it would have been very comfortable for cody to feel like oh i'm at a house i've got all my stuff here right um i don't have to you know keep moving around mm-hmm. and you know the littles are here and you know and and yeah i mean maybe some of this has something to do with his inability to maybe connect with his kids as they've gotten older and have grown into adults. Because, you know, when you are a parent of a small child, you are their world Mm -hmm. and they tell you that all the time. Mm -hmm. And you're, it's like having a puppy, right? You know, they just (laughs) love you all the time. And then they become like teenagers and then you're like, Oh, you know, and then their own people. And don't get me wrong. I love my relationships with my adult kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but I see them as where they're at I don't see it in terms of what do they do for me. Right. And so I think he likes being that, yeah. you know, center and, and his kids, you know, in that early adult stage are at those stages where it's like, it's about them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going through their me stage and it's not that I don't think he cares. I just don't think in the day to day he has the same type because they're not giving him what he's used to. He's not getting the ego strokes that he needs. In fact, if anything, he's getting resistance on things where he never did before. Right. And I think again, it's his inability to cope with a difficult situation and really face it and have open and honest conversations 
that I think has been really detrimental to his relationship with his adult kids. Yeah. I mean, that definitely seems to be a theme. It's not like it's just one child that he's struggling with. And it's like we've been holding on to COVID as an excuse as to why he's having a problem with some of his kids. And it's really sad. I think Gabe particularly has taken this so personally, and I get it. And at some point, I think as a parent, you have to say, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to be, you're the parent. Right. Right. And so some, I feel like he's been like holding back, like, well, I don't like the way they treated Robin. Mm-hmm. Or, well, get over it. Right. You know? And I think that's really where we are now. Like Janelle has finally gotten to the point of, because really the way they've made it seem, although I don't think this is actually the case necessarily, but they've really focused on the breakdown of his relationship with Janelle's kids. Yeah. Two of her sons in particular. Right. I think there was one time when they all were like out on the land together and they were trying to talk about it. Right. And he just was, he just did not hear them. He just would not hear them. And, you know, I don't think the kids were faultless in the whole thing. Yeah, they could have been. They were teenagers. They were young adults. They were probably not looking at the big picture the way he was trying to in terms of how they could affect the family by doing things that were, you know, probably not necessary in some cases, like social things that they probably could have said, hey, I can't do that right now because I don't want to bring home COVID to my family. Um, Yeah, they probably could have been a little bit better about that. but. They're the kids. Right. You know, and I think that's the part that's so frustrating about hearing Cody talk about, well, you know, I've reached out to them and I've tried to talk to them, but then their perspective is we don't ever hear from him. Right. So How is that like, so different? What's really true? Are right. they actually trying to communicate and there's just a breakdown? My suspicion is that Cody's not trying. No. Because he doesn't like to do things that are hard. (laughs) Right. And and honestly, there's no excuse for it. We have so many ways in which you can communicate. Like, I think it was, I don't remember if it was Gabe, whoever had the girlfriend. But I mean, obviously you're not going to expect they're not going to see their girlfriend. After we got through that initial whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, you're never going to, and this was months later. It's like, you can't expect any more than you'd expect that you're not going to see one of your wives. Right. You know, and I think they could have very well had a conversation and said, Hey, um, I've got to work. Uh, I want to see my girlfriend. Um, I'm trying to be careful as I can, but I understand that, you know, that still puts you in a bad position. So let's FaceTime once a week, or let's go out and sit on the property across from each other. But compromise. And then, like you said, I mean, you know, you're right. You know, they're young kids, 18, 19, 20, whatever they are. You're not talking to them on the same level that you're at. Right. So yeah, maybe you see what they're doing as a little selfish, but you're the parent, Mm -hmm. you know, and just say, Hey, look, buddy, I, I want to talk to you and I want to, but I can't, this is where I'm at. Mm -hmm. So let's come up with a solution instead of just, well, you're not adhering to the rules. Right. So, so I'm not going to talk to you. Right. Like you can't text. Uh, and the worst was uh, the Christmas situation. Oh, with come Savannah. on. Yes. I know. I was like, are you kidding me? Right. So, okay. We've, we've jumped ahead a little bit. Yeah. But <laughs> so, so much done back. <laughs> so Christine, I guess it's been a year ago in TV time now. Yeah. Finally got to the point where she decided that she was going to leave the family. That she was going to leave Cody. Cody. Literally sell her house and move 
to Utah. She's been wanting to move to Utah for years. Yep. And she's got kids there. She has grandkids, adult kids there, grandkids. She, I think, only had one child that was still living at home. Because, right, truly. Uh, I think Isabel finally left. And didn't she go live with Maddie and Caleb? Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, so anyway, Christine was in a position where truly is, she is still pretty young, probably middle school, middle school, end of elementary school. Yeah. I'm not sure. So she was going to be home for a long time. And I don't think that Christine was willing to like wait out, you know, truly becoming an adult. And in fairness, I don't know why she would. Um, but she really got to her breaking point with Cody and her point and her reasons were that, you know, she really felt like it was just so blatant that Cody had a favorite wife in Robin and that he was not making the effort in their relationship. And they had gotten to a point where I think they had a conversation in which Cody told her that he never loved her, that he, he wasn't was not attracted, attracted to, her. to her anymore. And from Christine's perspective, she's watched Mary live in this limbo with Cody for many, many years. And I'm sure she thought, and she said as much, Cody doesn't want to be the one to leave. Yeah. He doesn't want to be the one to say that it's over. Right. He's that boyfriend in high school that just treated you like crap (laughs) until you broke up with him because he was too chicken shit. And that's what Not speaking from personal experience, of course. (laughs) Are you sure about that? (laughs) But yeah, I mean, he even told Christine he wasn't interested any longer in an intimate relationship. Right. And that he was okay with that and that she should be okay with that. And I'm thinking in what universe would you, I mean, and then to blame her for leaving. Are you kidding? You basically said, I don't love you. I wasn't attracted to you. Right. At least in the beginning. But I I can't imagine hearing that from your spouse of decades. Yeah. That they, I mean, not that I'm not currently attracted to you. Right. You know, because maybe I don't know I'm talking about even initially like like in other words like well you should feel lucky that I even married you because I wasn't attracted to you that is the vibe right that's the way he talks to her like he's doing her some kind of favor right and that you should be okay with it right like, like but, but he why? said, you know, people live in marriages for long time, you know, years and years without having any intimacy. And I think Christine was like, not this bitch. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at the same time, there's still an emotional intimacy that happens. It can't just be okay because it's okay for one person. Right. What she's saying is, I... That's not okay with me. Right. I, I deserve need... more. Right. And and her other complaint is that when she asked him to help her with things, he didn't do it. Yeah. And I think that she's referring to the Isabel surgery mm-hmm. and probably just little things like, you know, being willing to come to her house and help with things that she might have needed help with around the house, right. whatever that might be, big or small, you yeah. know, because, again, he was using covid as some kind of a shield he was he was not being there right with her and her kids because in in the same example christine did not have the same scenario that janelle did mm-hmm. she did not have adult children living at home that were also going out and working right i think the only isabel was at home and she was still in school mm-hmm. and then she had truly and that mm-hmm. was it so everybody else was out of the house 
and they weren't coming back and forth. Right. Part of it was like, and what I always had an issue with is, is Cody's complaining. I was like, well, then why aren't you staying at Christine's house? Right. Like, why aren't you using that same theory of, well, I'll stay at Christine's house and then I can't go to Robin's house. Right. You know, for a while or whatever. Um, because I think had he been there more, she would have. I think Christine's mindset was, you're never here. Mm-hmm. And so why am I stuck in this house by myself, not doing anything? Right. When I could be going and spending time with my kids and my grandkids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what she would do. And then, of course, it was just like one big, you know, circle. Right. Uh, where he would go, well, then I can't come over there because you're going up to. Right. But I get it. I would say, well, yeah, if, if I'm here for weeks and you haven't even come over then what why what am i doing why am i you know quarantining myself um and and you know keeping in mind that it wasn't like the kids were just running around like you know looking looking (laughs) street signs you know it was like they were also you know well and that's the other thing and i don't want to harp on the covid thing for too much longer but cody made it seem like janelle and christine were like not believing that COVID was a real thing. Right. And that couldn't have been further from the truth. No, they you weren't, know? they, they weren't anti, like they weren't these COVID deniers. Right. Anti-vaxxers. No, they were very they much were doing what they thought they needed to do. I mean, I remember Janelle saying, I'm following the CDC right. guidance. You and know? then who ended up getting COVID? Robin and Cody. That's right. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that. And yeah. that was the other thing. I mean, I'm not going to say, I don't know how they felt. But Cody was like, he acted like he was an inch from death. Oh, I know. And that nobody cared. And I mean, I don't... <laughs> by that time, nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> they were so sick of his shit at That's that point. Right. They were like, well, good luck. Yeah. So Christine is gone. Yes. At this point, Mary and Cody still completely estranged. Yep. Mary comes and hangs out with Robin's kids and Robin and Cody occasionally. When it's camera time. Yeah. When it's camera time. I'm guessing she spends a lot of time with friends and by herself. Good for her. (laughs) Yep. Now she recently is, as we mentioned earlier, is talking about, she, she does, um, what's it called? LuLaRoe. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she does the clothing sales thing. And apparently she's pretty successful at yeah. it from what it sounds like. So yep. she's she has that, but she's talking about moving that business back to Utah because she also has a bed and breakfast in Utah. And she's having to go back and forth, back and forth a lot between Flagstaff. Yeah. So it sounded like her mom was running and doing a lot. Right. And then she recently she passed, passed away. away, sadly. And so, um, you know, they had to transition. And then she has a good friend. Yeah. Um, and she's been helping her with that. But yeah, I mean, it, it does, it makes sense. I don't know why she's in Flagstaff. There's Except nothing there she's for her holding on to that. Her kid's not there. Of relation of a relationship. With right. Cody. So, and then I, I actually love when she was like, well, I'm going to downsize and get a smaller place. I'd have been like, just get out of your I place. Know. There's no reason for you to be there. Just move. Right. You know, but I, she, for whatever reason, she has the allegiance and is wants to try to hang on now. How long is that going to last? I guess we'll see that play out. Yeah. And then the other break in the relationship has been between Janelle and Cody. Yeah. Janelle and Cody are separated. Yep. And over the last couple of episodes, um, we're actually recording on Sunday when there'll be a new episode yes. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what's coming yeah. next. So, But over the last couple of episodes, the last two or three, 
they had a major falling out over many, many things, but the crux of it has really stemmed from this whole breakdown in the relationship between Cody and Janelle's children. Mm -hmm. And And I think he, and I hate this for her because he basically, I think is telling her, you know, you need to pick between me and Christine. Right. So he sees that as a betrayal because Christine, because she still has she a relationship has very close with Christine and with Christine's kids. And I mean, duh. I mean, I don't know what he'd expect, but I mean, and again, this comes back to proper communication, which is, I mean, it's happened in my life where an extended family member has gotten divorced and I was good friends with, you know, spouse number one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm still friends with spouse number one, right? Like, you know, um, you know, like I don't have to necessarily, you know, I don't wave it in that person's face. I right. don't tell that person about, but I don't see how he thinks that you've lived with someone for almost 30 years. Yeah, I mean, you raised not... children together and that you're just going to cut her off as right. if she doesn't matter. These are not insignificant relationships. No, it has nothing to do with each other's lives. Right. Helped raise each other's children. And it, it defies the whole original premise of the fact that he used to say that he had individual relationships right. with each of his wives. So my defense would be, look, I'm sorry, whatever, you know, I'm not taking sides. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that this has happened between you and Christine. That doesn't affect our relationship. Right. But I still have a relationship with her and I still have a relationship with, you know, the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and the family and stuff. And so this is going to be different for us to navigate, but we've got to find a way to navigate it and yeah. not just, you know, I'm saying you've betrayed me as mm-hmm. if somehow, you know, I have to bow down and uh, kiss the ring. <laughs> right. Just you jerk. So, yeah. So I think that that is also complicated it. Janelle. Well, they had a big fight and then they met up like six, six weeks went yes. by six with no weeks. communication and not just no communication with Janelle, but from the way it's portrayed, no communication with her youngest daughter, yeah. who still lives in the home, who obviously has nothing to do with the fight between her parents. I, I think I've managed a silent treatment with my spouse for maybe 24 hours right. before I'm like, <laughs> all right, but not even text or. I know, just crazy. You know. So anyway, what I thought was insane was, so they, they got together finally to have like a lunch. And I think Cody thought okay, well, it's been six weeks, we'll get past this, we'll talk about it, and we'll move on, right? Yeah. But what Janelle told him in that lunch was, I think we should stay separated. I don't want to get back together. And he seemed shocked. Yeah. So that was a couple episodes ago, and then they got together again on the last episode because it was her birthday, and I thought it was kind of weird that they got together for her birthday, but they did, and Cody did this really weird thing where he was like, and he does this sometimes. He's got like that kind of like skeezy vibe, yeah. you know, <laughs> but he was like talking, they were in the car and then they go to, they always do these, um, like con- I would call it like a confessional or like a one-on-one interview with the camera during the episodes. Right. So you kind of get the person's thoughts about what's happening on the more like, um, in real time kind yeah of as it's happening showing you right so anyway Cody was saying yeah like we were riding on the car and I was like getting giddy like are we gonna kiss at the end of this date and I my skin was crawling I know I right was like ew 
are you like completely disconnected from reality? Right. Do you not understand the seriousness of what this woman is telling you about how she feels about how you've treated her and her children? Yeah. Like you honestly think that that's what she's here for? Or that it was just going to be this like, like switch that you were just going to turn a light on and off and it was going to erase everything that had happened you know, we're just going to move forward because the idea yeah. that he might lose another wife is just more than he can handle. Because uh, I think that's been a big part of it for him is embarrassment right. over Christine leaving him. And he has just gone all to pieces since Christine left. Yes, yes. And you can see it not only in the relationship with Janelle, but in the relationship with Robin, too. Yeah. You know, Robin will say, and, you know, again, we have, you know, whatever we think about Robin, she has said he's not the same person that I married. I don't even know what the hell's going on with this crazy ass. (laughs) So yeah, I don't know where it's going from here. I don't know. I I think it's, it's interesting because I think for you're right. It's a lot of it for him has been, you know, he set out to kind of prove polygamy. Right. right? And so now this is like a failure. And honestly, I don't see it that way. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see this as a reason that someone should or shouldn't choose polygamy. If that's what, I guess fascinates you or, you know, what you feel like your calling is. I actually have no opinion about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, for myself, certainly no, but, but I think it's, it's the evolution of any relationship, right? Which is people change and sometimes you grow in a different direction, you know, and I don't think that's necessarily the fault of someone, Mm -hmm. um, or, or two people, but it definitely takes two people to keep it or get rid of it. Right. And you can't, want it a hundred percent on one side and 20% on the other. You have to both be all in. And so he's got to take, I think accountability and for that and say, you know, this wasn't Christine leaving him because she's like, Hey, I saw this guy over here and he's cuter and see you bye. Right. He's not a victim here. No, he made it very abundantly clear that he didn't, wasn't attracted to her Mm -hmm. or didn't want to be in an intimate relationship with her. And you deserve to be happy. You deserve to have that in your life. And I mean, the thing is, I think Christine's completely capable of having a relationship with Cody, mainly because she's had the same relationship with Cody, which is, you know, hey, we can be in a room together Mm -hmm. and we're not screaming at each other. I'm not angry at you. He's not there. I don't know if he'll ever be there, but, but rather to say, Hey, look, if you can't give me what, what I need, then I'm going to move on. Right. And I don't have to have bad feelings about that. I just have to say I'm done. Mm Mm-hmm. And because um, it's not like she made this decision lightly or even in no. a short period of time. No, we're talking about years and yes. years of her struggling with jealousy and not getting what she wanted from him. And, you know, she made her choice to be in a polygamous family, too. Sure. But again, it's about you grow, you change. Maybe she's not even a member of the religion anymore no so no. she's had like a complete yeah about face in terms of her belief system so you know yeah i i think i think that again to me cody is a very immature person who has a lack of self-awareness and he doesn't take accountability for his part in a lot of these problems yeah And I think lately the part that really angers me about Robin has been in some of the last episodes where she's, it's like 
it's like she's trying to edge herself into the I'm a victim here too. Oh yeah. And I'm like, please sit down. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I understand that you might be frustrated with what's going on in the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that would bring you sadness, of course. Mm-hmm. But this idea that somehow it's like you've got people who are on the brink of losing their marriages mm-hmm. and making those just a completely different decision. And you're trying to compare that yeah. to the husband that's there for you all the time. Mm-hmm. And that somehow this is like, you know, well, and then I need to know why I, you know what? Sometimes you don't get a why. Well, and I mean, I'm sorry, but why it's like tattooed on Christine, uh, Janelle right. and Mary's forehead. Right. How do you not know why? Yeah. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm manipulating this into making it seem like I too am having a difficult time with this. And it'd be like, you know, if you're in a room of people and, and everyone has the flu, but you, mm-hmm. you don't act like you have the flu. Right. Like you just say, I'm really, I feel bad for you guys. I'm really sorry. Right. You know, how can I not add to your flu? Can I get you a Kleenex? You know, but you don't <laughs> act like suddenly you have the flu. Don't you think, though, that maybe Robin secretly finds Cody really fucking annoying? Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't want to spend all of her time with him? Well, Is that possible? She's joked to that. But, I mean, we could say that about any spouse. You know, any yeah. you know spouse relationship. is like sometimes it's nice to have a couple days off. Um, <laughs> but you love your spouse. Um, and uh, But, yeah, I mean. I don't know. Like I said, I, I think a lot of it stems from her need to isolate. Yeah. Because that gives you a control yeah. to your relationship. And so. No, I think that's a really interesting perspective. I hadn't really thought about that. I definitely remember thinking, just feeling so sad for her daughter, Aurora, when yes. she was going through that really awful anxiety issues yep. and panic attacks. But then I also see it was a scene not in the too distant past, I don't think where the, the families weren't going to be getting together for one of the holidays. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was Thanksgiving or <clears throat> Christmas, but the way that Robin presented it to yes. her kids yes. was kind of bashing the other members of the family. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, you know, they don't want to be with us. Right. Kind of thing. Like she was definitely really putting a heavy spin on what was happening to her own kids. Yep. So yeah, I think that uh, maybe there's more there, you know? No, I think so too, because as you know, I have a kid who has panic attacks and Mm -hmm. I think that, so it's not that I'm not sensitive to it. I am, but at some point as a parent too, you have to help them to navigate and manage that. Now, again, I don't know. There may be stuff in the background. I hope for her sake that she has a therapist. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's meds involved to help that because no one should have to live like that. But then again, like when you isolate to yourselves and it becomes a coping mechanism, it's not necessarily healthy. Right. To be like, well, if we just stay here and we never go outside and, mm-hmm. we, do, and, we, and we just we don't allow you to have any of those instances that would cause you to have, mm-hmm. then then you're not doing her a favor because it doesn't become manageable as a human being. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. Yeah. Jeez, man. We got to wrap it up. Abby's going to kill us. Uh, there's like eight hours. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I think they are going to talk t- tonight about the texting. Oh, okay. Bruhaha. So we'll have the, to see. The great we'll talk Christmas about it breakdown. again. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I know there it's all over social media. Everyone's like, I want to get that text thread. Need I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> and break it down. See what happens. All right. Well, Stay tuned, everybody. We'll see what happens with the Brown family and 
the antics and the shenanigans and I'm our sure obsessions with it are not going to slow down. <laughs> this week in the zeitgeist, we're talking about spooky time, Ooh. Halloween. <laughs> Love Halloween. So it just seems to come around every year, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly <laughs> the same time. It's getting so different now, though, that my kids are getting older. Yeah. I mean, I really only have one kid that was kind of dressing up this year. Um, but, I mean, it's still, like, in our neighborhood especially, a lot of people decorate big for Halloween. Yeah, yeah. So that's been, you know, people have been decorated for weeks. So And <laughs> I always appreciate the neighbors who have the investment and storage capacity to get like those 15 foot <laughs> yes. scary ghost witches goblins whatever they are because that's my first thought was oh yeah I get that where you're putting it right when, when, when Halloween's over <laughs> now we have a lot of people that really go all out with the like um you know people do like the projections on yeah. the front of their house or so it looks like stuff is happening behind the windows and stuff like that. So it's fun. Yeah. I think the kids really get a kick out of it. I'm super pathetic this year. <laughs> I always decorate. Like I usually have a big pile of pumpkins and gourds and mums and stuff, at least that much. But I've been kind of slack this year. And I we have one beautiful gourd that my neighbor um, gave us, but it's inside the house. <laughs> put it out on the porch well it has been raining like eight inches of rain so you're probably best having it inside right now but yeah I think I'm just lazy and as much as I want to decorate for Halloween I feel like I put out like basically everything that can count for both Halloween and Thanksgiving so I don't have to decorate (laughs) twice which is smart yeah I think that's actually very smart but but I do like the ghosts and goblins and stuff like that yeah it's fun it's just like when the kids are getting older, it's less like for me, it's like, OK, let me go get candy so I can yeah. at least like give to the kids that come around. Because right. I do. I love seeing the little kids come to the door and looking and they get so excited. And yeah. some of them are too excited to say anything. Some of them are like, you know, all over the top. Happy Halloween. And then like the costumes, like all the in the past, maybe five, ten years a lot of the like blow up costumes always really yes. crack me up. Yes, you had that one really good one on your uh, ring doorbell. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I think was it was it like a chicken or something? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it was something. I, a unicorn. A, Whoever yeah. the the person kept like leaning in. Yeah, so it was like coming into the camera. They could back and <laughs> they couldn't qu- they couldn't reach the door. They couldn't get to the doorbell because right. of the <laughs> the, the, the way that yeah the way that yeah. <laughs> And that's all you got on video. It was great. Well, part of it, uh, yeah, I agree. Once the kids really stop dressing up and and you kind of lose that a little bit, but now we're dressing up at work. Uh, Ooh, yeah. So this year, okay, so I was a little disappointed. Okay, a lot disappointed. We (laughs) dress up every year. The... We have a contest, um, you know, there's uh, there's a pumpkin trophy. Um, it's a whole thing. And out of nowhere this year, they decided not to advertise a costume contest. They wanted to do some, like, fall festival on, on the Saturday, mm-hmm. which, of course, it rained buckets. Oh. So I don't know how that went. But it was outside, and it was supposed to – it really sounded like it was just geared for people to bring their families and mm-hmm. stuff. 
And so for those of us who don't have little kids anymore, plus it's a Saturday. Did I mention it's on a Saturday? <laughs> when I you really want to go to work? I don't work on Saturday. <laughs> Monday through Friday is pretty good. And um, and so yeah, so my team said, you know, we're dressing up. We don't, no one told us we couldn't. Yeah. And that's our thing. And um, so that's what we're doing. So we, um, I have particularly a, a coworker who, like Halloween is her favorite holiday mm-hmm. of the year. And so... I was like, yeah, we need to dress. We need to dress up. So anyways, we're going as the Adams family. Yay. I, I will be cousin it. <laughs> um, That'll be fun. There's probably going to be a picture of me. Maybe we'll put it on the Instagram account. <laughs> we have to see that. <laughs> That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us and give us a good rating wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at HushMyMouthPod. Bye. My mouth. I will be able to. Um, hush. I can't do it. <laughs>